So hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Judy Bartkoviak. I specialise in working with children, teens and their families on whatever is getting in the way of them being the happy people they would like to be. And part of being happy is being rested, not being tired and not spending all night tossing, turning, not being able to get to sleep. And so one of the chapters in my latest book called Empower Your Kids, A Coaching Guide for Parents, is all about sleep issues. So I'm going to share with you some of the um, work from that chapter Um, obviously not the whole chapter, although I'm told that my voice is very monotonous, so maybe um, my voice will actually send you to sleep. So you can record it and play it to your kids that can't sleep, perhaps. So sleep issues. Who has the sleep problem? It is important to first decide whose problem it is, because I've sometimes been told that a child has a sleep problem only to find that the child is reluctant to resolve it because the benefits are more attractive than the problem. Now, I'm not saying that this is the case in your situation, and sometimes things can start one way with the child simply enjoying that extra time with mummy or daddy, or it can start another way with a genuine nightmare or being scared of the dark or being alone But when things have continued to become a pattern, we need to examine quite closely whose problem it is. It's then up to that person to do the work. I'm going to cover working with a parent and working with a child here so you have both. First, though, I want you to think back to the first time the behaviour happened. What was going on at that time? Children will be sensitive to situations in the family or in your relationship that you may think you've covered up really well. Death of a grandparent, for example, can affect a child more than you'd expect. Their world is very small and their parents and grandparents are people of influence, so they will have a huge impact. If when a grandparent dies, they feel they can't express their grief because they can see you are upset they will find other ways to get that extra attention they need. If this behaviour and the associated attention gives them that comfort, the habit may continue because it's now become a pattern that feels reassuring. So think about when it started. What happened just before? You may need to spend time discussing with them and allowing them time now to express that grief or loss. What happens is that a situation, issue or event can get associated with a behaviour such that until the issue is resolved, the behaviour will continue. Children get stuck in patterns of behaviour that become reassuring because they are familiar and they can't imagine another option. We can use visualisation to help with this. First, it's helpful to know if your child is visual, auditory or kinesthetic. A visual child notices what they can see. They have great imagination. They tend to be very creative and will be the first to notice if you change your appearance in any way. An auditory child will be more verbal, chatty and probably love music and notice sounds and what's said rather than what they see. And a kinesthetic child is active, fidgety and wants to be on the move. 
their language patterns will be different. Even if you find your children might have aspects of all three, visual, auditory and kinesthetic, they will have a preference. Visual children tend to use words like look, see, imagine, watch, notice. Auditory preferences will be sound, noise, hear, listen. Kinesthetic preference will be any action or doing word. Kinesthetic children tend to be more physical too, wanting touch and cuddles. Comfort is very important, so being too hot or cold in bed will affect them. The reason I'm telling you about this is it will help you to know what to say to reassure them and to know what their focus is likely to be. For example, an auditory child will notice every little creak and noise in the house. A visual child is likely to be more aware of the dark or indeed light coming through a blind or curtain in the summer when they're trying to sleep. And a kinesthetic child will notice an uncomfortable bed being too hot or cold and who will want the extra cuddles. When reassuring them, pay attention to their language pattern. For example, with a visual child you might say, I'd like to see you tucked up in bed with the light off when I look in on you later. Do you see I've used the word see and light and look in that sentence? I'll, I'll say it again. I'd like to see you tucked up in bed with the light off when I look in on you later. Another one might be have a look at your clock when you wake up. If it's a number smaller than seven, Read your book or draw a picture and I'll look at it when I see you. Do you see again? I've used the word look and see and read or draw. Those are all visual words. You know your child, so you can make up your own version of those sentences. An auditory child, you might say, I can hear that you're not in bed yet. I've told you it's time for bed. Did you hear me? So again, you've got auditory words, hear, told, hear again. Another one, can you tell me when you're ready for me to say goodnight? So we've got tell and say in that sentence. So with again, with an auditory child, you can make up your own relevant sentence. These are just obviously examples. A kinesthetic child, you might say, get into bed, get a move on, you can do it. I'll come in for a cuddle when you're in bed. So those words are all action words which suit a kinesthetic child. Get into bed. Get a move on. You can do it. So we've got get and do. I'll come in, come for a cuddle when you're in bed. So those are all about doing words. Another one, how quickly can you get ready for bed? Shall I time you? Kinesthetic children like to be timed and like to be challenged and like to be moving. So obviously you know your, old ch your own child so you can create your own versions with which to experiment. Another one is do, you, do your children believe you when you either threaten them or bribe them? Do they take you seriously when you tell them you want them to go to bed? I've noticed that parents talk very differently to their children than to colleagues at work. And of course they do, it's natural. However, when your child is not listening or is not doing what you've asked, it's a good idea to test out your work voice. After all, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. The difference is the belief behind the voice. 
Your work voice is delivered with the belief that you will be heard and what you ask will be done. Is your home voice asking your child to go to bed delivered with the belief that it won't be listened to and what you ask will be ignored? Have a go at this yourself. You can use a voice recorder on your smartphone and record various versions of an instruction regarding the going to bed routine or the waking up during the night and not going back to sleep routine, whichever you have problems with. Version one to try is how you normally say it. You may want to check with your partner if this is how you normally say it. So version one is what you normally do the standard original version, as it were. Version two is how you would say it if you were asking somebody to do something at work. I know you're not asking them to go to sleep, but just say those words as if you were instructing a colleague at work to do something that you want done. And then three, with the say it again, with the belief that you deserve to be heard and that you expect to be obeyed. So that may well be similar to version two, but this time you're imagining that you're saying it to your child rather than a colleague, but you're saying it with the belief that you deserve to be heard and that you expect to be obeyed. Now listen back to your recordings. What do you notice? Experiment with them and perfect the most effective rendition. Notice things like pace, volume, tone, Um, And try to imagine uh, what your child is hearing. Um, Are they hearing you saying something that you mean? Uh, There's no good saying, I mean mean it when I say that, when actually the tone and the pitch uh, and so on uh, are not at all um, in alignment with that. Do you tell them what you do want or what you don't want? Um, So this is important as well. Um, If you say to them before they go to bed, now I don't want to see you to the morning or don't come in or don't come downstairs, don't call out. Um, Remember, don't think about pink elephants. What do you think about when I say that? Pink elephants. So exactly. And also make sure you use eye contact. It's really important when speaking to a child that you look at them when you're speaking to them. So there's lots more in that chapter and you'll find um, on my YouTube channel, uh, Mm. you'll find um, some tapping scripts for helping children to get to sleep. And another one I'd like to share with you is making a mindfulness jar because that's a really nice idea to have for children to use just before they settle for the night. So what you do is you get an empty jar, uh, fill it with water, and then get some different types of colour of glitter and ask them um, to choose different colour glitter to, to fit with the sort of thoughts that they might have about going to bed, maybe being scared or feeling alone, um, feeling sad or feeling worried or whatever, and to choose different colour of glitter. Put those into the jar, close the jar very firmly, and for a younger child you might want to just facilitate that up, And then get them to shake that jar. And of course, it looks really pretty, all the colours of glitter in the water. But that represents all those busy thoughts, those worrying thoughts that they have before they go to sleep. But let them just sit there and watch as that glitter settles to the bottom. 
and then the water becomes clear again. And just as they sit there watching though that glitter settle to the bottom, it's like a metaphor for their, their worried thoughts settling. So that's a really nice thing to do. And in the book, you'll find things as well, like body scans and meditations um, to help as well. Um, and sometimes I suggest things like journaling um, to get rid of any of the worrying thoughts that they might want to write about before they go to bed so that it's not in their mind, it's actually out there on paper. So I really hope that helps with any children that you have that have problems with sleeping at the moment. <laughs>